Hi everyone, I'm Lucas Mack and welcome to another episode in a very special episode of the Golden Rule Revolution, where inspiration and purpose come from treating people like people and nothing less. And I will tell you, it is so important right now that we are treating human beings as human beings, as people, as minds, hearts, souls, bodies, spirits that are just craving for comfort right now, that are craving to be loved, that are craving to be known, that are craving to be held and told it's going to be okay. And that is why I am so excited to bring my guests today. I want to introduce them. First, we have Katie Lynn. She is the queen maker. She is a coach. I've had her on the podcast before. You may remember her. She, in fact, when I had her on the podcast, listening to her, I'm like, oh my gosh, I want this person to be a coach in my life. And her working with her, I get a little emotional. Working with her was a powerful experience and helped me navigate through massive transitions in my life from facing the trauma, healing trauma, and then stepping into the power and calling that I felt called to step into. And so she's incredible and I'm honored to have her on as well as her powerful, the, the, <laughs> there's the nod to, um, <laughs> we're joking around. I I'm shortening his title, but the fire sorter street. He is a, this man is a force. This man is a leader. This man is a son. This man is an illuminator and I am honored to have them both join me on this podcast and everyone listening around the world. This is a time for you to get grounded on earth. This is a time for you to be planted firmly into the ground to know that you are in your body safe. You're in your body empowered. You're in your body in love. And my guests today are going to show and talk about how to best do that. So guys, thank you so much. Hello. Thanks for joining the Golden Rule Revolution. Thank you for that intro. I got emotional. I was like, oh, I'm going to be over here crying. Oh, um, man. Thank you for that. We're so grateful to be here with you and during this time. And yeah, I, I've been chatting with a few different people. And I said, you know, we were, we were built for this. We were made yes. for this. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Yes. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I'm excited to be here too. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, obviously there's a lot of stuff that we can get into, but I think it's really, really um, beautiful that, um, that you know, you started about just about speaking into the idea that you are safe. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, uh, there's a lot of places to go around that, but, um, but it was interesting because I was having a conversation with my mother yesterday. Mm. She called me and, um, and she said, how are you doing? You know, and she had concern in her voice and, and I was sitting on the couch and I, 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 this is exactly what I said to her. I was like, well, I'm sitting on the couch. Mm -hmm. I'm looking out the patio. The sun is shining. Mm -hmm. I can hear the next door neighbor's lawnmower going off. And basically, my external environment is exactly the same. Mm -hmm. So my external environment is exactly the same. However, I do feel a bit of anxiety. And I was like, where do I feel that anxiety from? I feel that anxiety because um, 
I'm feeling the anxiety of the collective consciousness in terms of the collective awareness of what people are navigating through at this present moment in time. Um, Dr. Joe Dispenza, he has this, uh, he, he says, human beings are the only animals that can go into a hundred percent anxiety, stress response and shutdown without being in physical danger. Hmm. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's like my environment is the same. However, I can still go and shut down by the perceived threat of fear. Yeah. That perceived threat of fear is, is, is a representation of the anxiety that I feel like is happening around the universe. Mm. So. It's, um, it's a wild time. It's a wild time. And yet, I was talking to a friend yesterday. This is the time for people who have, for those, you know, before this, people that had experienced trauma and adversity in their life through whatever avenues those may have taken place, I think were kind of a step behind the people who didn't ever experience massive trauma and just things were given to them and they inherited what they inherited and they, they didn't really have to face their greatest fears. And all of a sudden, the people that have done serious trauma work and gone through and stared down the beast and looked it in the eye, all of a sudden, they're like, whoa, let me show everyone else. Here's how, here's how we come through. Yeah. And, um, and that is not to say anyone's greater than or lesser than. It's just we all take turns in passing the baton. This is a, this is a marathon, and it's also um, a relay race. I was like, what's it called? It's a relay. We get to help each other. Today, I lean on you guys to lead. Tomorrow, you lean on someone else to lead. And we collectively support each other through this time. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's why, you know, we, we need each other so deeply, right? Especially, I mean, it's highlighted and I think brought to the forefront in times like this, but we really do because I was, you know, I've, I've been hearing sort of some judgment and some criticism about the people who are not um, honoring the request to stay home. Mm. And I initially my mind goes, yeah, that's really messed up. Why wouldn't they stay home? And then my spirit comes through, right? And says, Katie, you invested over 10 years, thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars, and more than a handful of different life coaches and workshops and retreats and all of this stuff to learn how to be with yourself. Hmm. Actually learn how to enjoy being in your own skin, being in your own body, working through your trauma, right? That's not an easy thing. And I, I'm, I want to make sure that we presence that, that staying at home sounds like this, oh, it's easy, just sit on the couch and stay home. Mm-hmm. But all of us know on this call, because we, we have been in the work, that as soon as you sit down and you get silent, everything that's been you know waving a flag internally says, oh, it's time for me to come forward. You know, mm-hmm. It's time for me to march forward. And you need, you need to look at me now, and you need to feel me now, and you need to honor me now. And you need to work through me now. Mm-hmm. And these are traumas. These are memories. These are relationship things. These are all the stuff comes to the surface. Yes. And so, uh, you know, I, I just really want to put that into some context for everybody who's listening to like, have some grace for yourself. Yes. Grace for yourself. Yes. Have some compassion for, for everyone that's going through this process that literally like there are generations 
sort of below us that that don't know life without a screen. Mm. You know, they don't know life this still, this slow pace, this, you know, present. And so having compassion for them because these are new muscles for them. And for those of us that have been sort of running from our traumas or, you know, dodging the the inner work, right? grace and some compassion for ourselves too because this is the time when i feel like god spirit source whatever whatever you believe in i feel like that's that force literally said sit down and check yourself yes check your inner temperature how are you doing what do you need and what do you need to let go of and what do you need to say yes to and bring more of into your life Mm -hmm. Mm. i agree so good brothers brother i want to ask you because this is everyone listening. This is the first conversation that Sienika and I have ever had. So, I mean, tell me where'd you grow up and tell me your life, brother. I mean, where, uh, where are you from? I'm originally from Washington, DC. Wow. I'm the youngest of four kids. I'm a, my mom's baby, but I'm a, but uh, God punished everybody else in my family and made me bigger than them. So, <laughs> so <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, like I tell people, so, you know, my, I, the majority of my life I spend um, coaching executives and leaders mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and helping people to step into um, literally their power in a, in a way that is non-negotiable and all in, right? So, um, so basically, I'm, and I, I'm a keynote speaker and a storyteller. So I teach storytelling, leadership, communication, that kind of thing. Awesome. Um, and you know, so what, what's really fascinating about this, as I'm listening to Katie talk about, like me uh, having compassion. Right. So you know, I, I, my personal belief is that the most common form of trauma is uh, is is. I mean, we we're we're conscientious of things like car accidents and knife wounds and stuff like that. You know, attacks. Um, but the most common form of trauma is disappointment from unmet expectations. And it's like, when you pull the rug out from underneath people in terms of what they were expecting, right? The expectation of going to the office, going to the school, going to the gym, going to this store, and now that expectation is no longer present. Then the question then becomes, well, how, like she was saying, how can I be with myself in this moment where my expectations are not being met, Mm -hmm. right? And then that becomes a sort of a top line because underneath the surface, the real question is, is how are your expectations not being met in every aspect of your life, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, for me, you know, as I was looking at the way that I was responding initially, I mean, I, I immediately went into sort of my, one of my condition tendencies, which is like fight. It's like, this is a situation like, fight, you know, warrior, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I felt myself being judgmental of other people's fear. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, hmm, I was like, uh, you know, we can only create from the consciousness that we possess, right? So if I am, if I am judging someone's fear, then maybe I'm not being honest with my own fear at the same rate. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well, um, maybe in this moment, I think the best thing to do would to, just to be to check in with myself. And I did have a sense of fear, you know, and I still do, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea is, is, okay, well, in that moment, I was like, well, let me, let me see, let me step out of this full masculine form and into a more empathetic and loving form. And, um, and then at that point, I 
it was really powerful because I, I made a post on Facebook. I said, I'm, I'm praying for you. Yeah, saw that. And then I was like, you know, I'm like, I'm, how can I go all in on this? So I edited it. And I said, um, if you leave a heart in the comments, then I'll send you a, pre, a recorded customized prayer, right? How many people do you think left a heart in the comments? Very few. Uh, over 100 people. Whoa! <laughs> that's, well, that's good. That's amazing. That's so amazing. I literally sent over a hundred. Wow! And listen, I ain't no theologist. I ain't no, no preacher. I, you know, I'm not a. You know, I'm not. I'm not a, a, a shaman or a medicine man or any of that other kind of stuff. He has a gift, though. He yeah. has a gift for for praying and channeling the the divine and and really intuiting what what people most need to hear in in the moment hmm. it's really beautiful because i was i was in the behind the scenes in the process and he was up and you know late nights and recording these voice notes you know for each person and i would watch him check in and feel into where they were at and really trust his his channel and this is a really beautiful beautiful process to witness that's so cool yeah hey, brother i i want to acknowledge you i I saw you first through Katie because Katie and I were connected. I saw you enter her life and I was watching and just, I, your grounded strength is tremendous, mm. tremendous brother. And uh, I just acknowledge you for that. I love it. I love it. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm a big brother here. Let's, let's go, you know, let's, let's roll on this. And um, I really, that's beautiful that you got to share that with more than a hundred people. That's um yeah. yeah I, I'm I'm grateful for that reflection, man. It, it was um, you know, in in speaking of what Katie was talking about, and I appreciate that, babe. Like the the process of trusting your intuition, especially in these moments, um, becomes a really profound gift. You know, I, you know, talk about like the absence. Of, you know, there is no such thing as fearlessness. Mm -hmm. You know, That's fear. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fear is a divine gift. It comes factory installed. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> like you can't do any modifications. Stock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's stock. Yeah, right. <laughs> and the cool thing about fear is that fear keeps your stupid ass from running in the middle of a busy intersection. <laughs> that's right. That's right. right. From jumping off of a cliff or a, high, a building, thinking that you can fly. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's so it actually is there for a for a purpose to protect. You're, you know, to protect us. Yeah. And at the same time, it might prevent you from accomplishing your greatest objective. And so like my, my, my belief is that the idea is not necessarily getting rid of fear. It's the ability to dance with it. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's moving in unison mm -hmm. with it so that, you know, when your intuition needs to take over and the, and the fear is rightfully keeping you at bay. Brother, that is so good. Okay. So I'm so glad we're talking about this. <clears throat> On, um, there was a time my wife and I went to this weekend workshop and um, she said to me, she goes, your words of affirmation, you say your love language is words of affirmation, but I feel like you're a bathtub with, with the drain open that I can't fill you enough. And so it mm. makes me feel like not enough. And I, I will never forget looking at her, listening to her mm. and realizing the greatest act of love I could give her is to receive her love. Oh. Mm -hmm. And 
<clears throat> the word love in Hebrew is a hava, which means to give. So my giving her love is actually receiving her love. So it's a weird, it's a, I would say weird dichotomy in that the giving is the receiving and yeah. the receiving is the giving. Yeah. And then I've, I study with, um, for four years, every single week, I study with one of my really good friends, a Hasidic rabbi here in Seattle. And, and I asked him when we first started studying, because growing up in Christianity, I hear the verse, um, I heard the verse, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But then in Christianity, they say, but it's not fear, it's awe, it's reverence, it's all these words. I'm like, I just want clarity in life. Like I'm already confused in my home life. There's already so much going on. Just give me clarity. Like, does this mean what it says it means? And no one gave me a clear answer. <clears throat> then I was studying with the rabbi and he said, no, it, it actually means fear. It means to be fearful. Mm -hmm. Then I'm like, man, this, this doesn't align yet. I'm not sure yet what it means. It doesn't, it's the beginning of wisdom. And, and so at that workshop, I realized for the very first time, God is love mm -hmm. and he gives. Mm -hmm. The greatest act of love I can give him to show him to give him mm -hmm. is to give him my fear. When I give him my fear, I can then create space to receive his love. So the greatest act of love I can give God is to receive his love. Yeah. And, and this is what blew me away. God does not call us to be fearless. God calls us to be courageous, which yeah. means to acknowledge fear and step through it anyway. And that I got chills right now. Like when I realize that God, the universe, source, life, love, light does not call us to be fearless, but calls us to have courage to say in your fear, keep stepping. Oh man, that like changed everything for me. Yeah. Everything. So I love that you're saying you still have fear. It's beautiful. That truth makes us free. It's not that we're not to have fear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the and the only agreed, way that the function of fear, right? And it, it much like what Sanika just said, is to keep you from running into the middle of the street, jumping yes. up that building, yes. touching the fire, right? But also the the number one way to mitigate fear when it shows up in our system, especially now in 2020, where there doesn't need to be a life-threatening situation happening in in our immediate um reality for us to feel the fear mm. the only way to walk through that fear is to get present mm. is to presence ourselves so deeply into what's here now um i was talking to a girlfriend yesterday and her father's a pilot and she said in the pilot training when an engine blows on the plane the most pilots want to start pulling levers Right and and trying to balance the plane and get it to the get it to ground and all of that, but they actually train the pilots to pause and say out loud, "The engine has blown," so that they can be present, right, with the circumstance that's here, and their fear doesn't go riding off into the sunset with the levers and their panic. And so I love that you bring in this conversation about God calls us to be courageous and leverages. Fear yes. to presence us yes. so that we can receive, so that we can say, oh, I feel fear in my system right now, and the sun is still shining, and my heart is still beating, and I still have a roof over my head. 
and I still have my breath and I still have my kids and I right and like really presents us to like I'm feeling this and this is what the reality is right now safe fed hydrated loved so good this is so good I um Katie, you taught me this just to be grounded. You shared an exercise with me about laying on the ground and kicking stuff out of my body. Um, And there's something about touching the ground. If people can't get outside right now because they live in an apartment or whatever and they're stuck in, you know, a high rise, just touching the floor, the fabric, the all the all that is comes from all that is. We come from the same material that this phone is made from. It's just this the the molecules decided to form into this and we happen to form into what we are but we can get grounded i don't want to sound too wild but we can get grounded in whatever we're in this chair our couch the carpet to feel the ground to feel what is in the moment and to be present in that that's powerful yeah speaking into that you want to just take a, a deep breath to just get grounded yeah brother let's do it Oh, man. Let's do it. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. And anybody that is listening, you can join in. This unless is, you're driving. Unless you're driving. Close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll just take a few deep breaths. Um, this is the way that I start every coaching call that I do. Um, actually, or, or this with Breath of Fire, but we won't do Breath of Fire right now. Um, but just a few. We're going to inhale, exhale, inhale, hold at the top, and then exhale on the count of three, and then repeat two more times. One, two, three. Inhale, hold, exhale. Even bigger on this one. Inhale, hold. Exhale. Even bigger on this one. Inhale. Oh, taking more air. Exhale. Breathe it all out. Just come back when you're ready. Beautiful. Beautiful. I am, uh, I'm constantly reminded by Katie and other facilitators about how infrequently we intentionally breathe, Mm. right? Mm. Uh, Especially when you're going through, again, an anxiety-induced shutdown, right? So the breath of fire has been really powerful because um, that's the Kundalini Kundalini one. practice you know so in and out short yeah short breath short breath through your nose mouth closed um call it the ego crushing because it shuts down all of the stuff happening up here in head and gets you literally into a space where all you got is like your presence you know Mm. so um so that you know it's like a lot of times you know the the tactical response to a situation is X's and O's. It's on paper. It's like, okay, well, first thing I need to do is I need to do this thing, call this person, do this thing. But people forget that 
you know, that everything, life is not simply an intellectual process, it's a physical process, mm -hmm. right? And so if your physicality, physically, um, is not in tune with the thought process, then implementation is impossible, mm -hmm. right? So, so the idea is like, you know, so, so it, it's the same kind of thing from a, um, you know somebody who's walked through something, you know? Yeah. You know somebody, you can tell, you can tell in their vibration, you can yeah. see it because they physically moved through it. Yeah. Right? And so the idea is that people get into, we get into these intellectual thought processes because we're just living up here and we're not in here. So the breathing is the connection point from here to here so that we can extend that out into the universe. That's powerful. Powerful. Yeah. Man. yeah it was a powerful realization for me too because I was a very heady kind of guy, mm. right? Super, super smart, but like Cat Williams says, smarter than a dumb motherfucker. Like, just like, <laughs> you know, just super smart about everything, right? Super mm -hmm. smart, super intelligent. And then when you get down to it, it's like, you know, then you start realizing that 97% um, of people that get buy online courses don't, don't finish them, mm. right? And you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, why? And it's like, because you have the intellectual thought process around what you feel like you need to do. But the thing is, is that you're not physically connected to it. You're not aligned. You haven't, you haven't checked in with you, mm -hmm. right? You haven't done that, that process of being with yourself. Mm. So when you get the, the X's and O's, it doesn't, it, it doesn't resonate. It doesn't compute. Your, body's, your body is saying no, right? Like the, the, you know, like the song, my mind's yes. telling me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> my body, my body. <laughs> no, no. That, is, that, uh, you know, that's a different part. <laughs> no, but I, I, I dig it because even right now I feel, I feel in here in my body more. I would just that simple breathing of doing three breath holds. Mm. I feel more grounded and that's a good reminder that's a good reminder yeah. mm. and the, the chakra system katie was the first one to teach me about about the chakra system and and that root chakra getting grounded like getting from because i i was coming from the world and life that i grew up in i could disassociate like no i could be gone and what would happen to me happened to this body but i was out of my body and most of the time I was watching my body. Mm. And so it has taken me, actually, Katie was the first to like, it's okay to be in your body and then go down and get grounded and like work through the chakras. Like, mm. okay, I'm here on this earth. Yeah. And I just did this, um, <laughs> people listening, I don't know <laughs> what people are thinking. I, I've done a lot of things. Okay. So uh, I've been a, pastor i've run a ministry of judaism all these things spirituality i love god that is that is uh the primary thing in my life but i just did this angel healing uh session that a friend of mine told me to and they do like soul fragment um implementation and and they used the i ching and it was so spot on it was um it was incredible and they said these and these people channeled angels and they, they were so spot on. The, the guy goes, what happened to you at uh, 20 years old, 21 years old? I, I see that you, you have massive trauma and you, you broke something off. I said, well, I attempted suicide at the age of 20. He goes, okay, we're seeing that. 
And they're saying you, they want you to know through this integration, they want you to know that you've had one foot off this earth and one foot in this earth and you get to decide right now to have both feet in and this was this was in january and then all of a sudden all this stuff happens and i'm like wow all right i'm here i'm here i'm here we're here we're talking i'm looking at you i'm listening to you this is powerful and and um i only bring that up is to get grounded in to bring to to plant firmly and say we're here yeah that's all in dude uh-huh. that's all in. yeah and, that, and, and I, I just you know so um like this I, I love i love that because um one of the other things that dr joe talks about is about the frequency of gratitude mm. right and um and the and the utter importance of the idea that being grateful in the moment, right? So, so I believe that we live in that a lot of people like, you know, this past, present and the future. My personal belief is that um, we don't live in the, the past or the present or just the future, right? We live in the future now. Hmm, that's cool. Right? And so the idea is that we have an eye for the future that we want to create and, and, the, and that, creates reverse engineers the action steps that you take now towards that future Mm -hmm. right and so and so that and so in that spirit in that space what he says is that um ultimately the ferrari that you want to purchase in the future is it's not about the thing it's about the relationship with the thing and the relationship with the thing is the emotion the emotional connection to it so that's actually the end result is the emotion is that as a result of getting the ferrari or the house or the thing i'm going to feel like x mm-hmm. right that's the future so the idea is, is can i take that emotion from the future and bring it all the way back to right now that's so cool and live in that emotion Right. And the idea is that when you live in that emotion, the gratitude for that emotion or what's to come, it creates emotional space Mm -hmm. for you to just move towards the thing that you want to achieve. I mean, he doesn't necessarily put it in in those terms, but that's the way that I perceive it. Yeah, that's powerful. I I would say because I've heard him talk. I think that's a a really clear way to say it. And and, um, that's powerful. The now, the future, would you say the future now we live in the future now yeah Yeah. that's powerful and and at the same rate um it's become very aware um present to me that many people have an adverse relationship with the future Hmm. they do not know what their future they do not know they do they don't know what they want their future to be they have an adverse relationship with setting goals goal you say goals you said you say goals to somebody they will curse you out <laughs> where, where do you think that comes from? Well, you think about your definition of trauma, right. which is an unmet expectation. Right. Mm. And you ask people about their goal setting process mm-hmm. and they will tell you, I have set goals in the past, but they didn't come to be. So I don't set mm. goals anymore. Mm-hmm. It's literally been wired as a trauma. Mm-hmm. And if, if we don't learn to cultivate our characteristics of commitment and follow through and, and really the the characteristics of the internal healthy masculine, um, then 
we will have an adversarial relationship with the future because it is just a sea of potential unmet expectations. That's so good. Especially if we, don't, if we don't trust ourselves, we don't believe in ourselves, we don't have, for me, it's my faith. Mm-hmm. Like, my faith has to, be, has to be forefront number one. Absolutely. Because that is where I source my safety, my security, my certainty is in my faith, my relationship with with the powers that be um, the word I use is God, but my relationship with God is first and foremost, because that's where I source that Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? If we're going back to psychology, that bottom line of that pyramid Mm -hmm. is number one, people need to feel safe, secure, and have a level of certainty. Mm -hmm. And, you can't have too much certainty because once you have too much certainty, then it's boring. Life becomes boring. We're human. So we need a bit of risk in there, but there's a, a, this threshold of certainty that needs to be met in order for us to allow our nervous system to settle back into the parasympathetic nervous system and then move forward in a way that's grounded and present and all of that. However, most people have had very traumatic, right? Unmet expectations, experiences with goals and goal setting and saying, I'm going to do this. And then, and then registering their quote unquote failure Mm. as a, as a, um, stop sign Mm -hmm. rather than a, than a applause that you're actually on the path of moving towards what you said you're going to move towards. Right. Mm. Right. So it's this really interesting interesting dance within people and their psyche and their process is like, you know, can you forgive yourself for everything that you've walked through up until this point? And my belief is that you actually can't step in a healthy relationship with yourself or other people unless you are, you have worked and built your muscle of forgiveness. Yes. Um, and then once you've forgiven yourself and continue to practice that, because things will come up, you know, as a parent, things will come up during the day that you get to forgive yourself for, you okay. know, <laughs> will come up that you get to forgive yourself for. So yeah. that's a practice. And then once you've forgiven yourself, can you then say, okay, now what would I, what would I give myself the, the opportunity to desire or to move towards if I trusted myself just as much as God trusts me? Hmm. So good. And that's where that's where that the the goals can can have the opportunity mm-hmm. to come in, or that vision for the future can have the opportunity to come in. Because we know, as you know, the three of us here are visionaries. Yes. We've had visions and and ideas that have come through, and we receive them, and we go, "Oh shoot, that!" Mm-hmm. You know, that moment of like, "Wait, me? Are you sure that was meant for me?" Because right. I'm sitting here on my yellow couch in my living room and I don't know how I'm going to get up there. Right. Right. right, right. Both of you, um, without knowing this, have a vision in Madison square garden. Wow. Awesome. And, and right. And you go, but I'm here, I'm recording a podcast and you're showing me Madison square. Garden. Wait, right. you know, like what mm-hmm. is that? And, and that's where, again, we go back to faith first because mm-hmm. yes. we won't know but our need, our human need for certainty is going to say, well, how, well, how, and why, and why? Mm-hmm. And those two questions are irrelevant. They're the most disempowering questions we can ask ourselves. Mm. What we need to know is, am I committed? Am I all in? Yeah. And am I willing to listen for the next step? Mm. And then take it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the process, right? And we see these people online, especially in the online world, where we're like, oh my gosh, she did it or he did it, and they have a three-step process. And it's this one, two, three, and boom, there's your business, or boom, there's your vision. And him and I were just talking about this last night, and I'm like, 
that's all marketing. Yes. Anytime, anytime that we decide we are going to take the journey of bringing our vision to fruition, it is a free fall. And the whole way down, we're just praying that before we hit ground, wings, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. wings come through. And they do, so long as we can relax during the free fall, which is the most counterintuitive thing to do. Mm. As we but mm. that's the process. And, I, and I, I hope that somebody listening really lets that land for them because we can be in this really deep self-judgment and self-criticism yeah. within, within ourselves as to why we haven't, quote unquote, gotten there yet or been able to do this yet mm. or or accomplish that yet and it's like mm. take a breath and and realize that you the fact that you are in route to that that you've said yes to the adventure and the journey is mm. reason enough to celebrate because mm -hmm. so many people right won't they'll, they'll intellectualize from the neck up and say i could do that if i want to i could do this if i want to but there's there's a huge difference between saying i could do it if i want to and saying I am willing to do it and then taking those steps. Oh and man. Huge difference. Huge, huge. I, I, I wanted to share a quick story in regards to that. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a um, coaching call with an executive that's been uh, very drastically in slow, in slow, steady decline from making almost 200 grand a year to now having about two weeks worth of money in the bank account for food. Mm. And, and so the question was, um, that I posed was, um, uh, you know, we went through this process and so we, we started having a conversation about, um, about core wounds, right. And about his core wounds from childhood and, um, and how that manifested itself. And, um, and then he brought up a story about how he was surrounded by eight to 10 kids and they were bullying him mm. and pushing him in the circle. And then as they were pushing him in the circle, they also brought over a girl that he liked mm. so that she could be witness to it. Amen. Yeah. Right. Mm. And, and in that moment, you know, I asked him, I said, um, I said, what, I said, uh, how could that how could that situation have uh, come to a halt? Like what what could have ended that situation? And, and all of his responses were like, well, what if I if I believed in myself or if I swung and I hit the, 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 the big kid or if I had a sword or a gun or I had something like that? And I, if I had all this, you know, if I had the if I had a weapon or if I felt more powerful, if I felt more of this and like I just externally referenced. Exactly. Like stuff right. here. Right. And, yeah. and then the one thing that he never said was ask for help. And that situation manifested in his present moment by being surrounded by a circumstance that he can't get himself out of on his own. And he doesn't want to ask for help. Right? Wow. Almost 35 years later, right? Every solution is me, 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 me. I need to fight, fight, fight my way out, fight my way out, fight my way out, fight my way out, fight my way out. And it's like, are you willing and open to ask for help? But the disappointment factor was like, I don't feel like adults come come when I when I request them when I ask for them. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And that was like, yeah, it's it these are real things that, that we're all working mm -hmm. through. This yeah. is the human stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but, this is the yeah. human stuff right now. Yeah. Um, 
That's brother. Thanks for sharing that. Um, everyone listen, I want to bring clarity to that. Katie, um, previously to doing her coaching was a psychotherapist and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was limiting. You weren't able to really Mm -hmm. feel the holistic side. And then hearing you both talk and the dance and the beauty and the energy, the truth for all of us is we get to just relax into us. Just my greatest fear, this is um, in January, I had this meeting. I was trying to start this nonprofit and, and I had big name people on the board and this, and it just, something was off. And I called, um, I called a gal, a a friend of mine, and she said, you need to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't want to ask for help. I started crying. I'm like, I'm in this meeting with these two other uh, business leaders and I'm on the phone with her. And, um, and she's like, I start crying. They're like, they step out. And I, I didn't know I was going to, I wasn't, I didn't feel emotional. I wasn't <laughs> in a soft space, but her telling me I need to ask for help made me cry because when I was in fifth grade, um, my mom grabbed me and said, we need to pray for food because we, because of the circumstances in my home, the food was cut off. And so I remember being in fifth grade on my knees on the couch with my mom praying for food. And the next day, uh, a grocery bag of produce was left on our front door in a paper, old paper bag with no handles, just old school, like brown paper bag. And I've never forgotten that miracle. My mom to this day doesn't know who dropped that off. I have no idea who dropped that off. And as cool as that is, what that taught me is when I have to ask, it's a life and death. Like I was scared for my life. Mm-hmm. It has to be justified. Yeah. I was truly. And if I have to ask for help, does this mean I'm going to, I'm at the brink of like, I'm going to be killed or I'm going to die. I'm going to starve. Yeah. Wow. And that's where all those tears started. Just, mm-hmm. I was scared. Like yeah, mm-hmm. I could get emotional right now. And when I'm trying to, I'm saying that uh, I understand what that guy, you know, you know, to, and And the greatest act of love we can give is to receive someone's love. So how can I receive someone's love if I don't ask them to show me love? Yeah. Yeah. When you talk about that, that workshop that you went to about receiving love, that that was a really powerful visualization. And, and, and Katie and I had that interaction when we first got, got together Mm -hmm. Um, because I had very much the same issue. So I would um, reject, and I wasn't. And again, the process of being, learning to be present with yourself, is a real process, you know. So, um, so I, I I acknowledge you for that, and for obviously like what you just shared about asking for help because it relates into all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it relates into all of that, and we and. And as at, at this stage in the game, in terms of what many people are navigating through, the difficulty in being present with themselves, the difficulty in even being able to tap into the frequency of gratitude in the present moment, even though that 
you know, there are absolutely concerns, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and obviously we're very empathetic to that, but many people's physical environment hasn't changed. Yeah. Right. right. And, um, and so it's like the, and so it's like, can we, how do we navigate through this without just being in the hysteria? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know? Um, and that being present with yourself becomes a powerful first step. Yeah. Um, and then getting grounded and, and then asking for help, um, become powerful components to be able to start to piece, pull the pieces back together. Uh-huh. And there's this, there's this like perspective that just keeps tapping me on my shoulder as I'm listening to both of you dialogue and share so vulnerably and beautifully. So thank you for that. Cause these are authentic, real life, vulnerable, heart centered shares and experiences. And, um, you know, what, what comes through for me is like this, this awareness that like, I was put here by God to learn about me and to experience myself and to experience who is Katie when she decides she's going to be a mom? Who is Katie become when she decides she's going to step into partnership? Who does Katie become when she decides she's going to build a business? Who does Katie become when the business doesn't go the way that she wants it to go? You know, who does Katie become when she experiences the death of a loved one or the coronavirus or what who do I become right and this this asking this question of like who do I become and how do I show up when often drops me into a place of curiosity Mm. and immediately creates so much space because now I'm in a place of wonder and possibility versus um criticism and judgment you know, of like, well, that's not Katie. That's not what Katie would do. And it's like, well, wait, let's, we don't know. Mm. We don't know yet. Let's see. Let's find out. Well, what would she do? You know, or what would, who does Sanika become when he feels anxious and stressed and scared, right? Yeah. Who does she become when he feels enlivened and empowered and enjoy? Like right. this curiosity just creates so much space for us to really flex our muscles. And, you know, it reminds me of like getting on a yoga mat which is not one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> the yoga mat and going, I wonder what happens when I pull my leg up here, you know, <laughs> yeah. when I bend my back this way or, yeah. you know, and, and so just giving ourselves that space of possibility and wonder and curiosity and just openness to like, you know, I wonder, and especially because I feel like deep down during this period of time, People are not the people. The, the people who walked into this experience are not going to be the same people who walked out of this experience. Right. And we we know, given our own life experiences, that the identity shift that occurs when we start to do the inner work, when we start to peel back the layers of trauma and and wounding, is that identity shift comes with a, a lot of grief. Yeah. You know, it comes with a lot of grief. It comes with a lot of emotion and and I want to make sure that I presence that for anybody listening because you know very few people especially in the online space are going to tell you how much loss there is in transformation and it's not loss from a space of like you're losing everything it's actually how much is cleared in transformation how much we've been hanging on to that's no longer for us it's no longer meant to be in our lives and and, and really evolving into that, who am I? Who am I becoming, mm-hmm. right? And it is this, this caterpillar to butterfly sort of cycle that happens over and over and over again. 
yes. you know, and, and really being with, it's okay to cry. You know, yeah. it's okay to feel sad that you, you don't recognize the woman or man that you were a month ago. That's okay. And it's okay to be in this middle sort of void point where you're like, I, I, I know, I know I'm not that person anymore, but I also don't know who the heck I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in this middle space where it's mm-hmm. uncomfortable and I'm, I feel squishy and I feel like I don't know which way is up and which way is down and left and right. And I, I can't hear God or spirit right now. And I just feel like I'm walking blind in the dark, just listening and trying to trust and keep my breath. And that's the most important part of the journey. Right. Yeah. It's like that's that point where you, you go, I surrender. Yes. I mm. surrender. Mm-hmm. You, oh man, I can't wait to meet. I can't, we've never <laughs> met in person. I can't wait to hug you guys, both of you. Um, Agreed. One thing that I've learned this, this past year in 2019 is, you know, we talked about, you talked about forgiveness mm-hmm. and Growing up in, in Christianity, you hear the word forgive, forgive like it's, you hear the word breakfast. I mean, it's like, (laughs) it's just what it is. And like, oh, forgive, forgive, forgive. And I became, um, I had visceral reactions to that narrative because what that, in that context, and I want to clarify for everyone listening, the forgiveness, what Katie's talking about and, and the forgiveness that usually is spoken of mm-hmm. is a weapon to protect the abuser mm-hmm. against the abused. It's mm-hmm. asking the abused, mm-hmm. the victimized, yeah. do you accept what the victimizer did? Mm-hmm. If you don't, mm-hmm. God won't forgive you. You're not going to heaven. You're not going to have peace. You're not, you're not, you're not. And they shame the shit out of victims and victims are left with like, uh, uh, okay. Okay. And then that trauma gets settled in and buried in. Yeah. However, love means to give a Hava in Hebrew, the word love anytime in the old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, which is not old to them. It's just the Bible to, <laughs> to the Jewish community, um, is the word Ahava and love the word love. In Hebrew, it's a hava, which means to give. Love always gives the highest good, always. Mm-hmm. And forgive, like foreknowledge, foretold. Uh, it is to love as if it never happened. Mm-hmm. Give, give, give. Love as if it's never happened. And right now, we need not so much to worry about what was done to us so much as are we loving ourselves as if that never happened to that executive? Are you loving that little seven-year-old or five-year-old or 11-year-old boy who didn't ask for help? Are you just loving him as if it never happened because it never happened in the now moment, the future now, you know? Um, this is the forgiveness that the world gets to wake up to is that we get to love as if it never happened mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then acknowledge whatever's left. We get to release. Yeah. I, I have two points on that that I'd like to share that I, I, I love this, that, that, that presencing about mm-hmm. love and giving and giving it up. I was talking to my friend Sam the other day, um, known him since I was in high school and he, he's a he's a therapist, mm-hmm. and he deals with uh with um parole and probation and 
and people with very, very deep wounds. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so he said, you know, he said forgiveness is, um, is not the idea of forgiving the person, right? Mm. He said what you're doing is you're forgiving the memory. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's, oh, wow. that's good. That's I was like, good. that's wow. And so, you know, like, so he's like, you, you, you're forgiving the memory of it, mm-hmm. right? The memory is what you're letting go. Mm-hmm. And the relationship to the memory, the shame and the guilt to the memory. So one of the things that I talk about a lot is about the idea. So when I talk about the idea of like radical responsibility, like taking ownership for your life. And there's a really, really important component that I include with my version of radical responsibility. Mm-hmm. It is without critical self-judgment or the judgment of others. Mm-hmm. It's like, because if I could take ownership of my life, because the, the very first thing that people talk about when they say taking ownership of my life, oh yeah, my life is my fault. Mm. There's no fault. Mm-hmm. That's right. There's no fault. It's just a life. Mm-hmm. Right? And so if there's no fault, really, there's no fault. For people who are listening, yeah, there's no fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no fault. Mm-hmm. By the way, there's no fault. The idea is that that if if you have the ability to re- the the mastery in this process, and that this is obviously what we're navigating through, is how do I get to the point where I can move the energetic charge from every situation, mm-hmm. forgive the memory, mm-hmm. remove the shame, remove the guilt, and look at it as something to be able to assess. So I can, in service of me moving forward to the future that I want to create, because the only thing that that is going to prevent is you from getting to where you want to be, right? I was blaming my father for everything. Mm-hmm. Somebody, the greatest lesson my father taught me the other day, I said forgiveness, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because he taught it to me specific, explicitly. Right. It was because I learned that I was in, prohibiting myself from moving to where it was that I want to be. And mm-hmm. the other part about it is that he was also going through his process, his own human process, the same way my client went through his human process. And I said, if the generational cycle was um, that I thought my father was supposed to save me, and it was actually an assignment for me to save him, Mm. right? So what if that was the relationship? Mm -hmm. And am I open to to that paradigm shift, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I'm like, and then then if I can remove that shame and that guilt, I can move forward, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm. So that's the, the, the space that, that we all have the opportunity to step into. And I would, I would love to presence too, because I 100% all of that. I mean, what you said, Lucas, what you said, Sanika, like about forgiveness and just how powerful it is. And also, it, one of the reasons I, I used to be able to hold a grudge like nobody's business. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, it just, that was my nature was to like, oh, you, you crossed me? Okay, you're going to regret that. You know, like just this anger, right? Yeah, and yeah. and part of why I had such difficulty forgiving is because, right, I grew up in the Catholic Church yeah. where forgive, forgive, like you said, Lucas, yep. forgive, forgive. And yes. it was like forgiveness was supposed to be just this easy thing. Yes. And I struggled so deeply with it. And yeah. I, I'm like, why do I struggle? To, I'm a, I, yeah, I have, I, have my, I have my angers and my frustrations and, and, you know, those aspects of myself. But I also am a, am a kind-hearted, loving person. And why is it so difficult for me to, to, to let this go and say, I forgive you? Mm. And it was, it was because what, what is not brought into the context often if, in forgiveness is how vulnerable it is yeah. and how intimate it is. Because the moment 
the moment that we acknowledge that we need to forgive is also the moment that we acknowledge that we've been hurt, mm. that that hurt, you hurt me, right? My heart is hurt. My spirit is hurt. Mm. I feel powerless. Yeah. I felt powerless in that memory. I didn't know how to handle. I, I faced off with my insecurities. I, mm. you, I had all of these hopes and dreams and they just disintegrated because of decisions that you've made, right? Like mm. just how vulnerable it's like opening up. I mean, even in my body, I feel it right yeah. now. Like, it's yeah. like opening up your chest cavity and just yeah. saying, here it is, yeah. you know, I yeah. feel Hurt and I feel disempowered and I feel victimized and I feel inadequate and I feel not good enough. And that's the, the core wound, right? Is like yes. not good enough. And so it's like, wait, hold, hold on. You want me to forgive this person that just hurt me. And in doing so, you want me to open up vulnerably and, and acknowledge this pain that's here. How scary. And for me, initially, I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> Say <Same. laughs> Oh, hell no. And then I realized, right, that like the, the lesson for me in that is that I was holding this belief that my pain would, would overtake me, mm. that my pain was stronger than me, that my wounding was stronger than me, and that if I opened up that closet right mm -hmm. that the monsters that came out would just swallow me whole and really what i learned when i began to practice forgiveness and when i softened it said okay i'll, I'll give it a try is that those mon there, there weren't monsters in that closet they were literally like ghosts of my former self just asking to be loved mm -hmm. and asking to be acknowledged and it was like they came it was like my embrace my ability to embrace them was me like taking my power back was me and my eight-year-old self going, you know, I love you and, and, and I got you. And then at 15, I love you and I got you. And then at 22, I love you and I got you, you know, and just bringing these sort of fractured aspects of myself that had been hurt, harmed, or endangered or victimized and just bringing them back into my being and saying, I got you. We're not there anymore. And we can forgive this person and we can let that go and we can, we can erase that memory and take, take, from it what we need to to for our spirit but release anything that is no longer in service to to who we are today and who we're becoming today yeah. oh guys i love you both thank you love you brother when we i know you're 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 a big you're six seven or you're yeah i can I know, six 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 eight bro, bro six eight yeah. When we, when you and I embrace someday, it's gonna be a Richter scale moment. It's gonna be glorious. And, like, I'm kind, of, um, kind of selfish. I had a selfish <laughs> moment when he told me, like, I, you know, you guys had this set up. He was like, "I'm gonna set up a date with Lucas." Like, oh, I'm so glad. Oh, <laughs> moment where I was like, "Oh, only because I want to be there for that moment when you two do embrace." Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to get it. I want to get it on oh. camera. Like <laughs> big guys um, yeah you know just gonna come together in the oh man it's just gonna be this explosion right I, i'm gonna i'll i won't be surprised if like confetti it is it's gonna be good and everyone listening the coronavirus can't because of it we were all supposed to meet in person or you know katie i know you had the workshop but it, yeah. you know that canceled our plans and life has happened but this Thank you. 
thank you both for being on. Thank you both for sharing. Thank you both for leading. And thank you both for leading with love. I just, I love you both. And um, Zanika, Katie knows, I mean, people, I don't need to qualify it, but I'm not jiving and I'm not messing around in life. And we've got a clear mission and, and we're getting after it. And you guys, I feel better with you on this earth, mm. even though I'm up here in Seattle and you guys are in LA. Um, and I know after this episode airs, everyone that listens to it is going to feel better because you guys are on earth. So thank you. Mm. Thank you. Thank, you, thank you for having us on. Thank you for this time and this deep dialogue. I love conversing with you, Lucas, because we just go deep. <laughs> we go deep. <laughs> we just jump right in and, um, yeah. right, real quick, how can people find you both? Katie, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at the Queen Maker Live, or you can go to thequeenmaker.live to learn more about my programs and working with me and all of that. Yes. Uh, but Instagram is my favorite place to play right now. Awesome. Awesome. And brother, where can people find you? Um, people can find me at Firestarter Live, um, and you can go to firestarterlive.com as well. Um, to and that's see. at Firestarter Live on Instagram. Yeah, on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, you can message me on Facebook, but... Um, and uh, and we're and we're working on a so one of the things that I do is I do um, storytelling campaigns with uh, with brands mm. um, story of social movements so I I create customized spoken word pieces and all that uh, and then we film them as music videos and then put them out so um, we're in the process of developing one um, in relation to um, to be honoring people who are serving on the front lines. Um, called thank you for your service so you can keep a lookout for that as well um and then just reach out um you know to to me on instagram or anything like that but i really appreciate you know your love and your presence and your you know just being open to having us and and uh, we're really really grateful for connecting yeah thanks brother thank you i love you guys thank you love you brother everyone thank you so much for listening today these two beautiful souls are a gift to this world, and I'm honored that we all got to share and listen to them. If you are struggling right now, just hear me. You are going to be okay, no matter what. If you get sick, if you, if you pass away, if you live, you're going to be okay. Life is good and this is just part of what earth and human existence on earth has gone through since the beginning of our time. And it's a great humbling around the world to know that when we ask for help, we get help. When we ask for love, we receive love. And to take the courageous step to acknowledge your fear so that you can experience the love of self that you desperately craved. I'm with you. Sainika and Katie are with you. You're not alone wherever you are. And I'm honored that you joined this episode. My name is Lucas Mack. This has been the Golden Rule Revolution, where inspiration and purpose come from treating people like people and nothing less. I'll talk to you on the next episode. Mm -hmm.